Hello and welcome to another episode of the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I would like to remind you all that we have just launched our print edition and I'd like to encourage you all to subscribe. You can do that by going to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe and there you can take advantage of our various offers. I'm joined today by our Life and Arts editor, Dominic Green, who is over from Boston in London. And we're going to be talking about the Donald and the Nigel, the President of America, and Nigel Farage, the leader of the Brexit Party. So, Dom, yesterday, as impeachment proceedings were beginning, uh, as the first rules of how the impeachment inquiry is going to go were passed through the House of Congress, Donald Trump reacted not by going on a sort of Twitter rampage, but by doing uh, quite a long telephone interview on Nigel Farage's uh, British LBC radio show. You listened to it, I listened to it. Give me your thoughts. Well, at first I was appalled, Freddie, because I'd, I'd come over on Brexit duty and was looking forward to getting away from Trump land for a few days, and instead he followed me here. I thought for a moment I might be hallucinating, uh, but he really was uh, appearing on the radio in the cab that I was in, talking to Nigel Farage, not about the impeachment really, but about the state of Brexit, the state of Britain, and the, the state of Nigel Farage's uh, campaign to get his uh, Brexit party into uh, the Parliament in the elections in December. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've, I've often thought that there is this sort of strange cosmic magnetism between Trump and Brexit. He seems to just sort of get involved in British life at all the crucial phases of Brexit. For instance, you know, the day after the vote, he thinks it was before, but it was actually the day after the vote he arrived in Turnbury. After May got the, her withdrawal uh, agreement, she, she, he arrived again. And his most recent visit at the time of the Royals, he also caused maximum friction about Brexit, with comments on the NHS and so on. So he does seem to have this strange connection to Brexit that is, you know, if you're going to be kind of world historical about it, it is sort of mysterious, I think. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, Donald Trump has made amateur psychologists of all of us, and uh, there are none more amateur than us. Yeah. Um, but then yesterday in his call... I was call, going beyond the realms of psychology. I was going into you know, history. deep yeah. state physics. Well, well, yesterday he made a point of saying that his mother was from Scotland and also from the real Scotland, he wanted to say, not the unreal Scotland. Yes. I'm not sure how much of a real grasp he has of what's going on historically, but it's true that he seems to feel, and, and I think uh, Boris Johnson does, and Nigel Farage probably does as well, that there is something, a sort I, of synchrony going on here. I think that was referring to the, you know, the fake American Scots, isn't it? He's trying ah, to say yeah, he's from yes. real, he's, yeah. real American Scots. I don't know Scottish. what fake American Scots are called. I know that the Irish complain about plastic paddies. Yeah. But uh, I've never heard a term for... Plastic jocks. Yeah. <laughs> never heard... <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a piece of sporting equipment. Jocks means something else, isn't yeah. it, in, in America? Um, I think he does feel it. And the truth is, of course, you have two English-speaking uh, civilizations, uh, one of them massive and successful and the, and the other one not, and both of them undergoing a really sharp change of political direction. He also, I think, feels that there may be some economic advantage to be had in, in Britain turning away from the European Union, which he describes as, as slow-moving and, and slow-growing, and uh, moving into uh, a freer economic environment. Of course, if that happens, it will be entirely on Donald Trump's terms. And he was too polite to point that out, of course, that Boris Johnson won't have much room for manoeuvre if he does get to the point of making a free trade or any other kind of trade deal. And in fact, he really did point out the big roadblock that is ahead, which is that the deal that Johnson is trying to sell to the British public is not likely, in Trump's assessment, to, to lead to a US-UK 
trade deal. He did make that point. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and Johnson has been saying this is the deal which will open the road to us then striking these deals with people all over the world. But when did Trump say that? I didn't. I didn't hear that. Oh, it was about halfway through. By the, by, this time I'd lost feeling in my legs. Let's perhaps Cindy so, can play it for us now. I think remind us, please. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, this deal, under certain aspects of the deal, uh, you can't do it. You can't no. do it. You, you can't trade. Well, I mean, we can't make a trade deal with the UK, and we can be. Because I, I, I think you, we can do many times the numbers that we're doing right now, and certainly much bigger numbers that you're doing under the European Union. Well, so I'm like you. I'm I know like Boris you. wants to be very careful with that. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, because under certain ways, we're precluded, that's which the would problem. be ridiculous. Yeah, frankly. that's the problem with this deal. Well, that's an interesting point about the dynamic between Farage and Boris and Trump, in that a lot of people thought that Trump was sort of urging... Farage to support Boris by saying you cannot have Jeremy Corbyn as leader, it would be a disaster for your country, you need to get behind Boris. But in fact, what you're saying is that he was actually slightly playing into Farage's hands by saying there will be a Brexit deal problem with America with the current agreement. Yeah, I think so. And I don't think he knew necessarily that this was going to be creating a problem for Boris. He was endorsing Boris Johnson as, as the, his bet for the next British Prime Minister while recommending that Johnson get together with Farage, who is violently opposed to the Brexit plan that Johnson is trying to sell. You can't really have a Boris and Farage combo without ditching one of their Brexit plans. And there are lots of possible Brexits, but these two are totally inimical. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? The, uh, Trump actually, I think, in his mind, it, it thinks of himself as the opposite of a divisive figure, doesn't he? In that he's often trying to smooth things over. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. He was sort of telling Farage to get behind Boris, to like Boris. Boris is a good guy. You like him, he kept saying. Mm. And then also with Prince Harry, because when Trump was last here, there was this story that uh, you know Prince Harry had given Trump an evil stare, had been standing at the other side of the room, and Trump was very keen to say in this interview that actually Harry's a really great guy. They had a lovely conversation, whatever. I can't remember how he put it, but uh, let's play that bit. I met Harry. He's great. I met him when I was over at uh, that incredible. We we had something that was so incredible uh, recently. That was what five months ago. Now how time flies, but. But I got to meet Harry, and he is really a fine young man. The whole family is. I think the whole family is terrific. It's a you, great family. So you, As you can hear, he's trying to say, I get on very well with Harry. He's trying to be a lover, not a hater, right? Yeah, and he didn't say he's giving me evils. Yes. Yeah, he, he took it in his stride. I noticed, actually, in the, um, the interview with Farage yesterday, yeah, Trump skated past uh, the mention of Meghan Markle. Uh, so he may, he may be up to speed on on the loss of enthusiasm in Britain about Meghan Markle. Thanks to the Spectator that, USA. Yeah, he, I'm sure he reads us. He does. Probably. I know he keeps. Yeah, it, yeah. we sent it to the White House. It should be there. But no, I, I think he. Well, he just doesn't want to get involved in that. And I think he's got a sort of tabloid sense that mm-hmm. you know you you shouldn't be rude about royals because it it, yeah. it doesn't play well in the long run. But let's talk about Farage and his sort of relationship with Trump because they they kind of went through various right wing gripes together you know uh, Trump talked about the Beatles and said they came from your territory you know they did yes the Beatles Farage is I mean the Beatles from Liverpool obviously and Farage is a southerner we should explain for anyone who doesn't understand the Beatles are the Islamic yes the 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 the, uh, jihadi Beatles the jihadi Beatles yeah but Trump was trying to say that you know Britain hasn't taken responsibility for maybe very clever of you or not he said yeah but what he what he what he was implying was he, you know you, you've done the responsibility in America. Poor America is going to have to pick up, pick up, pick up the, the responsibility the for 
blowing up pick up the ISIS pieces. remaining pieces yeah exactly which which again in the way of Donald Trump is is um, an extremely blunt statement with a great amount of truth and personal aggrandizement yes served up along with it it's true the European states are being utterly slack about it they're, they're simultaneously terrified and concerned about how expensive it'll be yes and they haven't done the job and uh, the US which incidentally exported far fewer uh, people to the Islamic State than um, most European states managed you know they probably sent more from Sweden than they did from all of the US, you know, two to three hundred people. Yes. He has got a case saying, you know, why, why are we going to end up carrying the bill for this, as we always seem to do with any of these common defence things? He was also griping about NATO as well, and um, the Germans not keeping up and so on. This is all true. Well, and another point he made is that um, the NHS story, which is an obsession for a lot of Brits, that, the you know, in a post-Brexit environment, Trump will come in and steal the NHS. Yeah. He said, I don't know where this comes from. A lot of people then replied, it comes from the fact you said it at a press conference with mm. Theresa May. But the point is, my point on Trump is he do, really didn't know what he was saying when, at that press conference. Yeah, take over the NHS and then treat people who've been poisoned by chlorinated chicken, which is another yes. obsession, that the US is going to flood Britain with chlorinated chicken. I mean, if you look at the kind of fried rat meat that is served up in takeaway joints all over Britain, it would frankly be an improvement if stuff which had been signed off on by the FDA rather than imported in the back of a poorly refrigerated truck from Romania, which is the kind of stuff you're likely to eat if you have a cheeky Nando's in England. I agree. I've, I've never been able to understand the uh, the chlorinated chicken stuff. But, I mean, I thought it was amazing that uh, Corbyn's first statement in response to Boris's deal was about how they'll have to eat chlorinated chicken from America. It's, it's, He's a communist vegetarian. Yeah. I mean, the idea of, of, of American meat flooding the British market is, is his nightmare. Speaking of foodstuffs, mm. quite interesting story you pointed out to me today about foie gras in New York, which has been yeah. banned. It's a bad day. Yes, it is. I mean, that not only is the United States li- you know, moving into the chlorinated chicken market, hopefully they're also going to dump all their foie gras on us as well, because New York State have decided that chlorinated it's Chlorinated foie gras. Yeah, chlorinated foie gras. Well, it'll be fresh, you know, at least from the journey across the Atlantic on a Trump organization vessel. But there's going to be a big smuggling uh, thing from people smuggling in packs of foie gras from Montreal, yeah. uh, strapping pounds of the stuff to their bodies and giving off a faint odor of goose liver. I think you know, only to stop you talking about... We're going to end it there. Oh, but, thank uh, you. It's <laughs> making me hungry. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. 